Well, hello everyone, and welcome back once again to Doom Radio, also known as Tango TV, the only Doom podcast with two names. Yes! So we're going to jump straight into it today uh, with our guest in Obsidian, who has been waiting very, very patiently in the wings. Um, doubly so, actually, because we did initially conduct an interview about two years ago now. Wow. Um, but decided not to go through with that one because uh, it turns out that it was actually held in a house full of screaming children. Apparently, that's not a very smart way to conduct an interview, so that one fell through, but uh, this one turned out to be pretty successful. Uh, Obsidian, you'll probably know him as a master manipulator of Dehacked, uh, and as the founder and current host of the Abyssal Speed Mapping Sessions, so very familiar with working with those smaller, usually orthogonal sort of maps, um, who's recently made the transition into one giant boom-flavoured map in Maskim Saul, so it's very interesting to hear about how he made that transition. No doubt you'll find it interesting as well. He's a very eccentric guy. And without further ado, here is Obsidian. So we usually try to humanise our guests a little bit more than we have done in the past. So when Linguista was on last time, we started to talk about marathon running, although he wasn't Super keen on that, and plus I was like eight months late with the news, so <laughs> not really showing off my interviewing chops like that. But uh, um, anything you can offer to sort of give us an insight into into how the game really gels with what you do in day-to-day life, how does it fit into your free time, um, and also where the hell the name Obsidian actually came from to begin with, that'd be a good place to start. Uh, yeah. So like when you say like how it gels with my, with my free time, like, what, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like well, how much it's for for some people to intensely creative pursuit, um, and they don't really have any other creative pursuits because it it swallows all of that. So in the case of Impu, who I had on last time we were talking, um, he's also a writer uh, and an illustrator, and I can't. I can imagine focusing on any one of those things. And giving it my all, but if I gel it with what I do with Doom, I, I, I would probably get yeah. exhausted creatively. So, do you have any other hobbies that you have to balance out with the game? Does the game sort of take away from that, or is yeah, Doom um, really an intensive investment for you? Generally, how, I t- how it tends to work is that like I work on some on one particular thing for a decent while, and then when I feel like I'm flagging, I switch to something else, which has the adverse effect of leaving lots of unfinished pieces of work around. But it means that I don't burn out too much. Right. So, there was uh, a good sort of 18-month period in which you weren't... Well, you were certainly active and you were certainly mapping, but um, yeah. the main enterprise that is Abyssal Spear Mapping Sessions, a.k.a. ASS, uh, flew off the radar. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure, was that sort of related to real-life stuff getting in the way or did Doom sort of peter out at that point? Uh, well, I, at the, like before I went to study, I did hand it off to uh, the Myonic Donut. Never said that out loud. It's a really weird name. Anyway... <clears throat> I don't think Bionic actually means anything. I've asked yeah, no, I think it. it sounds like it should, but it really doesn't. But I digress. Like, I'd left the whole <laughs> thing in, in basically his capable hands, and he held it on for longer than I did, actually, when I think about it. And when it did peter out, like, I would have wanted to pick it back up, but, well, 2016. Need I say more? Ugh. I feel like everyone had their particular personal bugbear for that year along with all the other crap that was happening. And I certainly had mine. So, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't very productive last year, or really this year. Like, it was, like, I know I released one big project, but I spent, like, most of 
of last year. Wait, I said this year and last year, didn't I? I'm still getting used to the fact that this is 2018 now. <laughs> Sorry! But uh, yeah, 2016 and 17 were not my most productive years. There was just a lot of things were occupying my life at the time, and I just doom sort of fell by the wayside. But I'm still here, so uh, I take some solace in that. Right. You were um, continuing to work on Maskam Zul. I hope I've pronounced that correctly. Um, yeah, I, well, I pronounce it Maskam Zul. So it's sort of like that. It's it's a weird term, actually. I'll, I'll talk, I can talk to you about Maskam, as in like Elon Muskam. <laughs> not quite. That, that's not, not a pun. I just companies. Okay. Right. <laughs> But did it help to have uh, like a single project that you could uh, return to, I guess, when you did find time to focus on the game a little bit, uh, as opposed to just, I suppose, managing some wider enterprise where you're required to have a monthly commitment like you did with the Abyssal Speed Mapping Sessions? So just one yeah. single large map that you can pick away at over the course of however long when you are, when you are required to do other things. Now that you mention it, that is kind of what I did. Like, I always had that a bit on the back burner. It did help that, like, if all else fails, I can always go back to that. I remember when I was studying in 2015, I was just like, I remember one session where all I did was just detail the rocks in a bit of an area that the player couldn't even get to. <laughs> and, like, it, it, it doesn't, doesn't really add much to the experience, but it, there was some catharsis in making something extremely pretty that no one would be able to see. I so find that a lot of... Um... A lot of people in Doom Builder 2 or, or a derivative GC Doom Builder or something, um, it's very cathartic just swimming around in 3D mode and you can feel like you've got a lot done that way, just sort of moving the camera back and forth, patting left and right and taking a look at things and maybe moving a vertice or two and, hey, work's being done for that day. Hey, presto. I imagine you, <laughs> it's probably a more, bit more difficult to do that in the days of uh, of editing um, <laughs> with, with uh, oh. Hellmaker or what have you. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that would be a bit more difficult. And what, what you what you describe there is, it's basically, I, I recall uh, reading about Leonardo da Vinci, and I believe on one of the paintings he was working on, was it The Last Supper? He literally did that. He walked in one day, painted one stroke, and then walked right back out again. And I suppose maybe it's a bit uh, egotistical of me to compare myself to Leonardo da Vinci, but he did sort of work in the same way. He focused on many different projects and jumped back and forth between them. Right. I mean, we're not all Leonardo da Vinci, and we don't really have that creative sort of uh, intensity or the ability to hold onto a flame for that long, I suppose. Um, I actually find that thinking about about and looking at a project sometimes almost as exhausting as actually working on it to begin with. (laughs) So just swimming around in 3D mode, for example, or... You know, thinking about what I'm not actually working on it, or some combination of the two, I find that when it's mm. when I do have finally the time to sit down and work on it, I just I want to do something else instead. Is that something yeah. that you have a problem with when you're um, particularly working on something larger like Mask and Soul? Hmm. Yeah, I think there were some times where I where I just like would just look around and not do an awful lot. I, I, I tend to have that problem when I'm trying to start maps. It takes a bit of a while for me to get going. Like, I'll map for, like, an hour and then just click out without saving because I'm just unsatisfied. Just like... Wrong. Starting again! I'm guessing, like, a lot of mappers would advise against that, but it is just sort of how I work. It's it's, it's very, very... I've got a very unusual and erratic style. I suppose we can talk about that more when we get to the speed mapping, but... uh, it's not a style I'd recommend to anyone else. 
Well, it is. It's, it's interesting because I know we weren't planning to discuss it at this point. Uh, as you say, we'll talk about the speed mapping venture later in more detail. But um, I'm not really trying to single you out with with sort of questioning how how it is that you sort of think about and can and expend energy in working on your maps over a long period of time. But I mean, you do have a history of working in very bite size uh, projects like that. So um, mm-hmm. how you actually manage a much larger project like the one you've been working on recently is i think quite interesting so uh, we'll talk about that in more detail i guess but um principally you're known i guess if you did have another uh, nickname other than obsidian on the forums it might be mr d hacked uh, since you like to advertise yourself as the guy who can uh-huh. who's the sort of mr fix it um <laughs> and we've had a lot of people on the podcast who uh have expressed um they've agreed with the notion that limitation breeds creativity. And of course, that's going to be true, I think, for most people in this space um, when they're working on Doom. But you have you your focus is even more narrow. So someone like Jimmy, for example, he's also big on the whole speed mapping scheme, but he also expands and works out in all the departments. He's like a, he's like a diplomat. He's also on the Zedium forums and what have you. But you seem to focus almost exclusively. You have dabbled elsewhere in... in Zedoom related stuff as well. Um, Operation Hydra, have I got that correct? Is that was that? <laughs> okay, that wasn't actually a Zedoom map. That was vanilla made to look like Zedoom. I oh. was very happy with that at the time. Well, there we go. I mean, that's that's just a sign of your your prowess in this area. <laughs> and that was like what 2013, right? It's even crazier stuff nowadays. So I, I'm wondering how, first of all, how you wound up being so focused in this this particular uh, sort of finding delineating the bar- boundaries as i say in the document here which nice. is big. yeah so mm. in particular because you sometimes work in vanilla but you mm. mostly work in boom the distinction between those two seems to be more or less for most people at least it's, a, it's just a convenience of being able to execute the most sort of basic things in a way that, that removes the inconveniences that some um, the vanilla has but you seem to love dehacked and messing with the resources above doing mapping tricks so could you just paint a picture of of what sort of limitations you'd like to put yourself under and why they're so narrow and why you like that so much um well as you've said and as a lot of people have expressed limitation breeds creativity like a a lot of the things i do is it's down to a sense of cleverness i adore clever things you know Like, like even the simple like simple things can be clever at the same time like say a pocket calculator that folds out into a stand when you press a button. Those sort of things just sort of speak to me. It's the sort of thing I, I really, really enjoy seeing in everyday life, and I try to replicate it in the things I make. And that can take various different formats, of course. Like, boom, like, nowadays the reason I'm at for boom is more for convenience. Like, it's easier to get an idea down if you don't have the most stringent limitations on you. But uh, if I feel like I need a good challenge, then yes, I will map for vanilla. And when you say that, like, I haven't been doing it as much lately, over, like, the past couple of years, I've also had, you know, like, I've had the obligatory megawad simmering away in the background, and uh, that, that particular project is for vanilla. So I haven't strayed away completely from it. It's just been, the boom stuff has just been a bit more at the forefront. Right, right. I don't really associate simmering in the background with you and your work. It's more like a just aggressive boiling and then something... Well, then you eat the meal, I suppose. <laughs> yes. um, okay. Countdown to Extension, I think, was made in a month, right? It was. 
Well, that's well there you have it. <laughs> Aggressive boiling. Um, but, but there are limitations of, of different kinds, and there are ones that you can uh, form within a larger space, so self-imposed limitations, I guess you'd call that. So yeah. there, are, there was a big craze in Doom World in particular. Um, not so much of late, but through the early part of this decade with things like Fifty Shades of Grey ah. Hill, for example. Um, so, I mean, those aren't imposed on you by the engine. You simply select it to use a yeah. certain number of textures or have your 100 lines project or something like that. You don't seem to go for those. You seem to just allow uh, to, to push the boundaries of what's set in stone by the engine um, and use the tools it's provided through dehack or something in order to try and break them or make it seem like it's actually for a more advanced source board. Yeah, I am quite fond of doing that. I can just, I, I, for some reason, I just imagine like making something that I could take back to 1994 and show, you know, John Romero, and he'd just be completely gobsmacked. I want to make things that would actually be able to work at that time, sort of. It's a Do you think he'd be thing. more impressed by uh, by Skinny Man than he would be by the works of, of Rivix? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, skinny man. That, that, that was a funny little thing. That was made as a break from Mask and Zool, and it literally has a piece of the map in there. Like, one of the secrets I literally took wholesale and pasted into the map, and then just made a little thing about it. Right, yeah, no, I'd, I'd actually like to ask you uh, a little bit later on as well about how you, because you do, for a time you're making so many maps, and, and, and including so many separate ideas within those individual levels yeah. do any of those translate over obviously the answer is yes but but how do you actually bring that about when you're so familiar with making smaller stuff so i guess suppose yeah. you can think in advance about that but um i'd like to also get an idea as to how familiarity plays into that this and what i mean by that is um i'm kind of curious as is, is, is you know would you actually see yourself applying sort of similar thinking but to a different so something like acs or, or decorate for example uh granted that's a different form of limitation in that you don't really have any but your skill set is that only the way that it is because you're part of doom world and that if you're actually part of a different subset of the community such as the zedem forums um you would be earnestly attempting to learn a different skill set and probably being just as happy in that space hmm that's a good question because like like I should, I, should probably, I should probably preface this by saying that I am considering going into a far more advanced source boards as a bit of a New Year's resolution. So that is a good question as to how my particular style of doing things would translate over. I, I, I suppose a good, uh, a good indication of that would be Joy of Mapping, which I believe right. you want to talk about at length at some point. And I had, limit, I had the limitations imposed on me by Jimmy for that one. Like, I couldn't use Custom Decorate. And I, I, you probably oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, yeah. I thought you had all the tools at your disposal. Actually, that particular level that you made was—it it struck me as um, something you would probably. It looked like something you would would make ordinarily for for boom. In fact, the kind of—if you told me that it was for for boom, you know, if I wasn't too clued in on the specifics of what you can actually do with the, with the unique languages for Zedo and scripting and such, I probably wouldn't have batted an eye. Um, a little too advanced for that, perhaps. But it, it looked like you were just dipping your toe into the possibility of it. But you were actually limited. I didn't. I wasn't aware that you couldn't use De Decorate to any extent, really. Yeah. A lot of the stuff. Like, like I, I had to relearn ACS on the fly, and I, 
actually did it by looking through some of the old uh, some of the old scripts for things like turbocharged arcade, seeing oh. how it did how that worked with the doors and such. And <laughs> uh, did Jimmy <laughs> desperately try to stop you because he's very embarrassed of his humor? And <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was I was actually quoting some of the awful lines he gave Santa in, in turbocharged arcade too. Seasons bleeding to you. <laughs> it's not even a pun. I'm going to have to have words with him about that one. That's just atrocious. Oh, his face. <laughs> so you're thinking then of, of expanding into, into Zedium stuff. Is this, is this just uh, because you want to expand outside your comfort zone, or do you genuinely have ideas that you think can only be executed by doing um, Zedium-related stuff? I'd say it's more the comfort zone sort of thing, because I'm also like tentatively looking at, at Eternity, because from what I hear, it doesn't have a very big uh, base at the moment. And if I could help to make it a little more popular, I definitely would. I saw Skillsaw um, getting his uh, feet wet in that, which uh, yeah. overshadowed me a little, but I don't care. Like Immediately, the cries of Megawad came down, and he was, <laughs> he was sent scurrying back into his, <laughs> into his mapping hole. Uh, good on him, though. But yeah, it, it is a, it is an expansion of the horizon, sort of. I want I want to see like what I can accomplish in a bigger space. Like now that I ha- now that I've worked in these limitations, I don't think I'm going to fall into the trap of having everything and being able to do nothing. Right. right. Uh, fun fact: I actually started out mapping for Skull Tag years after everyone had stopped using it because I wasn't in the community at the time and I didn't know the ins and outs. So I was making this basic as heck stuff for skull tag and not really grasping the subtleties but uh, when i found doom world i uh, ended up gravi- gravitating a bit more towards vanilla probably because like i learned that there was alternatives to doom 95 <laughs> oh that was awful dark days those were dark days was there perhaps um an early inclination to start with vanilla and then build your way up um i, I guess you say you started with skull tag but you know, hitting well, the reset button and then starting from vanilla, but then you just got caught on to vanilla and then got sucked into the Doom World game of, of using that and limit removing and boom and such, and you just found your space that way. Yeah, I, I, I guess that is how it worked, thinking on it. Like, I've done sweet Annie Adams amount of uh, Z Doom over the years. I can think of like a, a few scatterings, just a couple maps. There was one called Endocrine, which was kind of all right. It was, it was basically me splurging with the Doctor Doctor textures on Realm 667. That was fun enough, but uh, I never really delved into it. Like, I just I, I stuck to vanilla. And uh, I, I'm trying, now I'm trying to remember when I first got into Dehacked. I remember when I was first doing it, I was looking at the strain patch and copying and pasting bits of uh, text because I couldn't get, the, uh, couldn't get the editor at the time. My mum was kind of... St- kind of a uh, stingy on me downloading things from the internet it was early days hmm. i guess in the interest of staying kind of topical um not that that means anything here on doom radio because we like to put on podcasts <laughs> once every four months or whatever but um the development like for mangoes <laughs> <laughs> i think a lot of people feel as though there's going to be some sort of momentum shift with respect to engine development maybe if mm. you've been thinking about that at all maybe that's going to sort of direct your interests if you, when you're trying to expand a little bit outwards for uh, i mean you mentioned eternity um if you jump onto any sort of locus 
Discord channels and you see them talking about development there. It's quite intense at the moment and they seem to be making leaps and, and, and bounds. So, do, so maybe do you think this was a question I was going to ask a little further down the track, but I guess we could fit it in here. Is there, do you see a sort of a shift coming in in the sort of comfort zone that we have? I guess I've, I've painted it as a kind of zeitgeist, whatever that word might mean, given that we only have 24 years to the community at the moment. But uh you know, we, we've we've been involved in this vanilla limit removing sort of space for so long. Do you think that might shift? Because it's very it's very much a two port system at the moment. And I know Linguista is actually um, I'm not sure if lament is too strong a word, but it doesn't seem to be that comfortable with the idea that we seem to be um, happy in this space and that um, uh, it would be a more healthy environment if we had uh, if the more ports are popular i don't know maybe it is like everything maybe everything does ultimately boil down to an american two-party system which you have <laughs> vanilla as a sort of stay-at-home thing and then you have the, the one-size-fits-all gz doom or whatever and then and, and boom well that's three but vanilla isn't really yeah. important so whatever it's pr boom and gz doom anyway but do you think we're, we might much, be yeah. shifting away from that um I would like. I'd, I'd like to hope so. I'd like to hope that we can branch out and not be limited so much. Like this may be a bit of an odd uh, sentiment, but I feel like Z Doom as it stands would be a good port to sort of rally around a little. Like not not GZ Doom, just the final thing of Z Doom. Like from like considering it's essentially dead now, we can finally have demos for it, which, as far as I know, hasn't really been exploited all that much. And if I do get into UDMF mapping, it will be for ZDoom simply because it will stay the same. No drama, nothing of the sort. Plus, my right, right. thing can run it. So <laughs> Exactly right. I think the only thing standing in the way, if you're trying to convert the, the sort of PR boom crowd when it comes to demos and stuff, then the lack of features I think that ZDoom has, ZDoom legacy that is, is probably the main one. Um, I, I know that most people on VR... Uh, staying topical. Oh, geez, we're going to get in trouble for this one. No, we won't. Oh, no one listens to this show. Ah, I just realized you meant Fortune VR. Oh, oh, what, what did I say? Just VR. <laughs> you just said VR, and I was thinking, wait, what? Yeah. VR. Well, <laughs> well, that, mean, that should show. That should that should tell you that I have my head just way too deep in the sand. There you go. Oh, dearie me. Um, uh, concerning VR, they exist. They're all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Is it that simple, though? I mean, do you not think they're a significant component? I mean, you asked the question where all these these uh, Doom 2016 newbies going, are coming from. They could very well be going there. Yeah, um, to be honest, thinking about it, like, from what I've seen, they do seem to inhabit the more, you know, GZ Doom side of things. They're looking right, towards right. the future, and I can't blame them for that. And they're, and they're, they're welcoming new people in. You see quite a, quite a few posts saying, hey, how do I get this working? <laughs> And like it's a fifty-fifty chance whether they'll be helped or not, but still. <laughs> Granted, let's assume that um, what you think should happen to the community, or what you would like to see more, which is people rallying around um, ZDM Legacy, for example. Um, yeah, just just more middle groundy sort of things. I think. Right, right. If that were to become the predominant thing, um, we we can talk about whether vanilla mapping would would you know remain in any strong capacity i imagine it probably would but maybe you have your own thoughts on that um i think inevitably you know because of the base game and and the it's it's almost like sort of scripture in that it doesn't really move with the times it stays grounded (laughs) and people can always sort of touch stone uh, the original game with all of its grainy pixelated goodness um 
But assuming that Zedum did step to the front um, in this hypothetical, would you move with it? Or so, or would you latch onto your sort of dehack skills and sort of and and still try to occupy occupy that space as the as a guy who loves boom predominantly? I think I would probably do as I usually do and just sort of do both. You know, just go jump from one to the other, focus on the different projects and the like. Okay, yeah, that's that. That says a lot, really. I mean, because I was always wondered whether you were. Sort of really defined by the community around you, or whether you were just happy to, you know, uh, have your your principles and limitation and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to ask you about heretic now, actually, because this is ah. something that you've uh, you've dabbled in it a little bit. I would probably mm-hmm. say more than like ninety percent. Granted, how <laughs> of people in the forum, granted how uh, you know popular the the iBoard is, which is to say, not very. It's a little more popular now than it used to be. Um, yeah, a little more. What do you think about the game, and, and why do you have such an interest in it? <clears throat> why did, no, I'm just trying to think, like, because it, it has been a while since I've mapped for Heretic. Right. I remember okay. there, was, there, was a very, well, there, uh, there was one excellent example in a map you made for Realm of Pythoris, which utilized uh, those respawning, exploding pods. Ah, yes. And they would be in a, in a closet outside the map, I think. I didn't actually open it up in the build to take a look, but there would be a teleport line, and then they would repeatedly, like a booby trap, cycle into the map and then explode yeah so is that to me that looks like you just applying using the particularities of the heretic engine in the same way that you approach doom it's just a new set of problems a new a new puzzle for you to sort of tweak and work with do you view the game that way i do kind of it's just it's just doom plus honestly it's got a couple of things added not too many things taken away i like to think It, it, it doesn't have the uh it doesn't have as much of the basic functionality sort of thing that Doom had, because like you have your, your small projectile thrower, your big projectile thrower, your projectile thrower that throws them in a pattern. And then there's the fucking arch file over there, but we're not going to get into it. <laughs> like, it, 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 it started from a base sort of thing. Like, you look at the monsters in the first Doom, and they aren't very complicated. You go into Doom 2, they get a little more specialized. Heretic, they're just, it has a bit more of a grab bag to me. Like it feels like you need to get used to it a bit more with some of the stuff they do, especially with the with the uh, mini bosses and bosses with their multiple attacks. For some reason, the uh, the Iron Lich tornado always kind of cheesed me off. Yeah, it's more of an annoyance than a hazard. If I'm perfectly frank. Mm. Well, part of the reason I, I want to focus on this game a little bit is because um, it's viewed by many to be inherently imbalanced, and because of the lack of uh, the the registered version doesn't at all work, to my understanding, with a heretic's equivalent of dehacked, which is he hacked, which sounds a little too close to hangman for me, so I don't usually like to. Anyway, um, uh, uh, but uh, Rock King, I think it was, was the first, probably not the first, but in recently, uh, with uh, his release in Elf Gets Pissed, he used. It was for Zedum, but oh, he used yes. dehacked material in order to try and change the balance of it. Um, and then Not Jabba, who's currently working on an episode called The Wayfarer, is doing the same thing. In fact, is building off the same. Uh, is there's almost like a paradigm emerging for Zedum? If he hacked were actually available to you, do you think that is something you would like to work with a little bit more, or or is is just this just a curiosity that you're happy to, to dabble in a little bit and then just go back to doing Doom? Um, because I think there are some uh, 
some really underutilized mechanics in Heretic that are just really poorly implemented, like ghost monsters, for example. It's not even a factor when ah, playing yes, the damn though. game. It's there. Yeah, they really aren't. They're just, they're just, it's just like projectiles go through them sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And it seems to have the setup of, of, you know, it's almost like you're supposed to be employing strategy, but it doesn't really matter because you can hit them with enough shit anyway that you can just forget about guns. And a- yeah. At the end of the day, it, 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 it's still got doom underneath. So. Right. Right. Have all the puzzle pieces and inventory you want. You're shooting monsters. But uh, yeah, regarding your question of saying like, if I'd just dabble or if I'd get boots and all in, that that actually is a good question because I never really considered it in my head. Like I just figured, oh, it doesn't have a dedicated, so I'm just gonna just have a quick go. But if it if it did have dedicated dehack, you could probably make a very different sort of game from it. Like all these all these weird specialized things that 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 are in Heretic, you could make some pretty exciting stuff with. I think so. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious. At the moment, it's it's. I'm imagining a room with little tornadoes going across. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine it's um. And I don't know. Maybe the ceiling has spikes or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, it is. It is supposed to be a medieval fantasy, so you'd expect to see those kind of booby traps living. <laughs> littering the thing but um yeah no it's always and this is true i think for i was gonna say lots of raven games but i, I haven't actually played her you know heretic 2 or, or Hexen 2 but um yeah but Hexen certainly it's it's similar to heretic in that there's just a lot of little features that seem it's almost like the, the credits are very fastidious about implementing them and and in very specific ways but they have absolutely no impact on the game, but if someone were to just come along and with you know with the know-how and the necessary tools to retweak it, then it may no longer be seen as just reskinned Doom. Uh, that's that's probably not true for Hexen; it's its own game. But I think people do think that of Heretic. Yeah, Hexen is Hexen is a bit more removed. As as it's good and bad features. I just I remember Hexen thusly. Seven portals is garbage. The rest of the game is pretty good. Korax is completely ineffectual, which is a shame because the the uh, how do you pronounce it? Heresiarch. Heresia. I'm not going to step in to save you here. You, you can just flounder. <laughs> yeah. uh, like a fish. But uh, that, that type of boss in particular was kind of good because it, it implied more strategy than just shooting until the mans fall down. Right. Like it had the invulnerability at play, so you had to do a decent bit of just, just dodging and watching out. I feel like that could, be, uh, that could be toyed with more. I think the reason people don't map for Hexen as much is because it's a great deal more complicated. Then just like it's probably not as complicated as Z Doom, but it's definitely more than you know vanilla or boom. It occupies an odd middle ground where people don't want to meet halfway because it's got its restrictions and it's also got its intricacy. Right. Let's talk a little bit about um, your speed mapping endeavors, of course, because outside of your individual efforts, uh, I think this is probably what you're best known for. Um, Indeed. For better or for worse, under the under the ass, you know him. So, uh... before you ask, yes, it actually was a coincidence. It was like like the whole thing came about when I was on the Abyss forums. I really wanted the guys there to map more. There were a bunch of bastards. They had like an abyssal community project that hadn't seen, you know, so much as a twin a twitch of movement in years. Right. Then again, I then again I started mapping for that in like 2014 and then never finished. So maybe I'm part of the problem. But uh, regardless, I did sort of uh, I did want them to be a bit more active with the mapping. And like in the case of 
like gifty. I sort of succeeded because eventually he came over here and started doing that uh, that map set hellbent for leather. Yeah, no, that I do I recall that. Called. I didn't know he actually came from the abyssal session, so that's um, or from the forum. Yeah. So that's 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 a win, a big win. Yeah, one out of uh, half a dozen ain't bad. Well, actually, no, there were like there were three people from the abyss forums who were regulars. There was Gifty, there was a guy called Osiris Kalev, and then there was a guy called Mudzi. With he the beard. He was the one. The other. With the most the best beard, <laughs> and he was the one who, uh, like, apart from me, he was the one going "oh my" on the uh, calls all the time. Oh dear, I taught him how to George Decay. I'm a monster. <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing was conceived just to get them to uh, to participate more. And at, at the time, I was a bit more close with uh, General Rainbow Bacon who suggested that I export the thing to Doomworld to get a few more people in, get, get some interest flowing. And so the sessions were born. And the whole thing is, it, the name is just literally an acronym, Abyssal Speed Mapping Sessions. I did not realize that it was ass until like a day later. Well, I mean, let's, I mean it's, that, that's kind of besides the point, isn't it? Once you identify what it is, you have every opportunity to back out. But uh, you decided to roll with it. So that is uh, commission <laughs> and omission are one and the same, as far as I'm concerned, philosophically, at this point. So this, this, is, an, no. this is an ass that you honed in on. I have not prepared anything. <laughs> it was an ass you honed in on. Yeah, that was a coincidence. You grabbed it with both hands <laughs> and you ran with it. <laughs> one cheek in each forum. Okay, at least for a time <laughs> until the thing collapsed. Uh, it's no longer operational, is it? Abyssal forums. Uh, sadly not. Um, the main guy who was behind it, guy, Gil, I'm not sure. Um, you may have seen him around one time, Nomad. I don't know if oh, you remember uh, them. Nomad is, is he the guy with the cat uh, and the hat, the, yeah. the top hat? Okay, yeah, no, I do remember. Yeah. yeah, and also I think a fish. Was it like a cat? It, a catfish? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a pun. Yeah, it's not. It's just a cat who turned out to be a my fish. St- my standards are being lowered fish. progressively on call. Oh, good grief. Wait, you were on the call for the ass sessions. Your standards are already, you know, just on the ground. That explains a lot, at least as far as my listenership will be concerned. Um, So, so, I mean, that went under after a while. I mean, it was very successful for, I think, the best part of a year and a half. It got upwards of, how many sessions did you do at the helm before you handed it off to TMD? Um, My last session was the 15th. That was, uh, I think the 15th, ironically, was the one where I made the map. Because uh, I'll be honest, like I do appreciate doing the sessions. Like it was, it was, but the maps themselves that I made are pretty garbage. It was more of a, it was more of a learning and growing experience making them, right, attempting right. to get better. Results may vary. I think it's it's less the speed mapping and more just the general mapping that I got good at. Because like you may have seen my effort from the thirty second abyssal speed mapping sessions, and it was kind of middling. I suppose it's because I hadn't speed mapped in a while, but eh, maybe I'm just making excuses for myself. It's Probably, but I think when you're in that space, you kind of have to accept that whatever you turn out with in the time provided, you well, that, that's what you have. You can't really go back and amend it unless you're prepared to bend the rules like I was. I got special treatment. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but do you see it more as a grounds for a... a experimentation um or do you try to create a worthwhile product that you would happily show to everyone else um do you see it more as an exercise for yourself or is it more like that it is 
it is more of an exercise. And sometimes I will have a central sort of gimmick in mind. Like, of course, the gimmick for the last map I made for the sessions was the instantly raising and lowering floors, right. you know, like with the pillars and the like. That was pretty much the only idea I had, and everything else was winged. It's not, It's again, it's not a great system to go by, and I'm surprised it's worked as much as it has for me. I'm kind of wondering why you returned to it out of this time, after all this time, go back, jump straight into speed mapping. Is that, is that try to sort of grind the gears again to get to, to grease them? I suppose would be a better turn of phrase um, to get back up to speed. Um, or do you ever feel that yeah. actually? Uh, actually, no. Oh, oh, I'm going to be blunt. Mark Ake wanted me to have a Christmas air session. Oh, okay. So this is just the one. That's literally it. And I just thought, you know. Fine, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Ooh. That's literally the only reason it happened. It's really dumb, I know. Oh, I mean, that's, that's oh. perfectly fine. I mean, because I, I think a few people were prepared to make a big deal of the fact that um, that we already have two essentially identical um, other yeah. setups now in place that are both based on birds. There was supposed to be only one of them, but then there was some sort of spat internally and then it split off, so now we have what I assume to be three, but you're saying that this was just a one-off session and that we're not going to see the return of the person? Um, well, I, I, like, I, well, like, after I announced it, I figured that, you know, I probably should continue because just announcing one and then capping it would kind of be dickish. I don't know. And it is, it the, is a 30-second uh, oh. session. That's kind of in doom. That's a very well-rounded number. Oh, yeah, that's true. Whoops. But we still don't have a megawatt yet. I'm going to need this. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh, Into the Void. I totally forgot about that. Um, you do remember that little Sorted affair? Oh, I mean, Sorted, maybe I've, there's, enough, there's enough projects that go under before they've really ever got off the ground that I don't think yours could be really singled out and, and, and be shat on. But sure, yeah, no, it was a bit of a disaster. Yeah, I, I, I say Sorted, <laughs> but just like, I, I legitimately don't really know what happened with that because like, I did my best to maintain it as well as I could. I contributed a map so people knew I wasn't bullshitting. And just trying to farm maps, you know, like how some people do, but it's, it just it just it never got momentum. I got a couple of uh, progress shots from people. Of course, there was Pinchy's map because Pinchy is a legend. Pinchy makes maps for so, everything. Yeah, he's unstoppable. Yep, Pinchy's great. I still remember Popley. This Popley. <laughs> yeah, now he is a champ, and I do appreciate him actually coming through for me on that, but. I, I, I don't know. It, it may have been I was a bit too strict with the resources because I. This this may have been a weakness on my part. I wanted to put some dehacked monsters in, on grounds that I used them in the sixth session, despite the fact that that one was probably one of the worst. And it's possible that's what drove people away. That sort of limitation, like confronting them with something that they weren't familiar with, that may have been what turned some people away. So if, if like if I do reboot it which probably won't be until like the middle of the year after we've got some sessions going and we've got interest again, I probably will exclude some of the custom monsters, not make them as central. Yeah, well, I think it's very difficult in this climate anyway to try and, even with a good idea, sometimes arrest the attention of people who are particularly veterans. They seem to have their fingers in all sorts of different pies. Um, thank goodness someone like Caesar is who is probably the, the most egregious Caesar. Um <laughs> Probably his description of his own that one. Oh, that's um, that's another can Zazer, yeah, exactly right. right yeah. I mean, I, I know he's pulling out all the stops to try and to try and you know complete his work in progress maps, for example, or otherwise 
stop being involved in stuff. And, and myself and Mark Haig and a few others that, that I'm involved with and, um, and work with in various projects, we've been doing the same things and trying to clear the same list that is being added to or detracted from for the best part of four or five years. And it's, it's a really foolish venture. So I think getting something new up and running, it has to be something very special or, or, or picking at yeah. something that we probably can't resist. Um, and I'm not sure into the void necessarily. Yeah. It's an excellent idea, but it's just like who you, the sort of people yeah. who are involved are also involved elsewhere. So what can you do about that? If you, uh... Yeah, it is possible. It's just a question of timing. Like the, 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 the idea behind it, like I think it was a decent one because like I was hoping it would play into the uh, intents of other people. Like, like, cause like personally myself, like a lot of the speed maps, they have ideas that aren't fully realized. Right. And I was thinking that there would be other people who would think the same. Like thinking, you know, this map was all right, but I didn't quite get the vision I wanted in my head. And I was thinking that if I played to that, then I would get people who are lining up to map for it. Well, it's... I got Joe William. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about that, actually, because that's we touched on that earlier. Um, and we'll segue, I guess, into Maskham Soul. Maskham Soul. Did I get it right that time? Um, good. Yeah. Possible, just my pronunciation. I, I I try to pronounce things how I think they're said. Like, of course, like being in New Zealand, there's a lot of Maori names, around, and you have some shocking pronunciations. Like, for example, this little area I'm in is called Mangafari. I'm sorry. There are legitimately people who say Mangawari, and it makes me Mangawari. You know, it's just kind of like <laughs> that's, that's dumb. I'm sorry, that's, that's stupid. People... Even by your okay, great. Yeah, I know it's just mad, 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 mad. mad. But I'm getting off track. You were saying? Yeah. Uh, you had an idea that you eventually ended up expanding into with Skinny Man um, into that map proper. And I'm just wondering how the ideas that you come up with sometimes in speed maps um, or other one-off projects like Skinny Man, how they are limited if you want to expand them upon them because of your... Uh, I guess upbringing, we could call it your experience with, uh, with learning through speed mapping. So, for example, we were talking also about you know the creative process and what happens when you open up and you end up just looking at the map without actually working on it, which is a problem that some people have. Um, yeah. Do you ever find yourself sort of wishing maybe you had taken a different avenue to, to get to the style of level design that you have? Do you, are you do you have any discomfort with where you are at the moment because of like speed mapping? Yeah, like it's too streamlined, perhaps, and that you are so used to creating small maps when it comes to expanding an idea or expanding the boundaries of something, you hit a number of different difficulties through bad habits or what have you. Yeah, I, w I, I would say that that is exactly it. Like, the, I'm so used to making small things because I know that I can get them done before my brain, you know, toddles off in another direction. So if I have something big that I need to focus on, I know that my intention is going to and I'll end up doing something else, and I might I might forget about that entirely. I've got like I've got possibly up to a half dozen projects, like big ones, that I haven't touched in a long, long time. There was one where I was trying to make essentially Quake in vanilla, you know, having the lemon scrags and the and the lemon bloodhounds. You're gonna have thing. fake room over room yeah. as well. Uh, that not so much. <laughs> like it, it's a bit bloody difficult in vanilla. I think Eartha may have bitten you to the punch anyway. I think he has a, something called Dimensions of the Boomed, which is essentially that down with a fresh palette and everything and all the other fancy trick. Yes, I did see that. I love what he's done with it. I, I really do. And it does feel very, very quaky. 
But uh, we were talking about like unfinished projects and like, right? Um, well, yeah, and 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 uh, relatedly expanding upon ideas and the difficulty that you might have in doing that. And perhaps if yeah. you could segue into in, into Muscum Soul. Um, Skinny Man was actually an offshoot of Muscum Soul because, like, I released it. Oh, not that, okay, right? Yeah, because like I, I think you 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 thought that I'd. I'd made Skinny Man first and then Mask and Zool, but uh, well, I thought it was something you did on the side, and then you realised that there was an idea in it you could integrate into the set, into the. Map. I, I did it while I was on the side of Mask and Zool. That's why the themes are very, very similar. It was, it was a, it was a one-off thing where I decided that I wanted to do something weird. So I had the little thing with the bouncing key and the arch file that would not stay down, and it, it was a one-off. It was a, it was a gimmick that I made. To distract myself from Mask of Mazul, because I was a little burnt out on it at the time. It was uh, it was quite fun to make. Probably slightly less fun to play for a lot of people. <laughs> Apologies for that. I'm still trying to get the balance. Well, I mean, I, I think it's fun in the same way that you know people watching horror films is fun. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> that sense of uh, that. Um, Upsettled, I guess Humpty Dumpty would have said, um, which is the only word I can settle on at the moment. Yeah, no, it was it was intriguing. Did you ever play Lilith? I did. I actually played it recently because, like, right. when it first came out, I I gave it a shot and I was a bit too weirded out for it. And then I came back to it recently because I was chatting with Anatak about things. Anatak, that's how you pronounce it, right? I think so. Yeah, Anatak. I was actually chatting with him about it, and then I played it and actually left a review on it. Review, review. Blah, blah, blah. And honestly, I like it. Like, I, I, I don't, I, I didn't completely grasp it at the time, but I think I do now. Like, it's, it's an experience that's designed to make you uncomfortable. Right, right. And, like, considering I, I, I do have something of, of, a, of respect for horror games, even if I don't play them, I respect when a piece of media tries to inst- instill a particular emotion in you. And Lilith was just discomfort. Not in a way that's you know like stops you from playing but just something that makes you just go this is not right as you're walking through it there's that sort of sense and it's it's, it's almost like a horror thing just never quite capitalized on but it keeps you on your edge the whole time right i find i find it fascinating um to a greater extent but also to a similar way that i I found um skinny man to be interesting (laughs) because they, they both prey to different extents upon the the fact that we're now composing new material for a game that's 24 years old and we have expectations and we're so familiar with the way in which monsters move and weapons function and stuff like that when that when everything's ever so slightly off it it freaks us out so it, it's yeah. it's very conditional um and dependent on the familiarity that we have with the engine and yeah. and all, all of its contents and i think i think terminus made something called Comfy Doom, which was essentially <laughs> that. Yes, Did you ever get around to playing that? Everything was just slightly off. I think that the SSG was slightly reloaded, slightly slower. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think I ever managed to play it. I think I remember playing Stream Weapon Pack, and that's probably got a similar vibe to it. But Perfect. Perfect. But yes, Comfy Doom. Oh, I, I love the concept behind that. I really do. And I love the, even the little graphics he made for it. It was just adorable. Did... did did Tansman ever ever play through Doom with Comfy Doom enabled? No, unfortunately, I think um, he was knee deep in the um, uh, in the the player unknown battlegrounds at the time. Oh, was he in that? Yeah, he's now married to Keaton. He's left me. Uh, no. Which is ah, oh. oh, polygamy's not illegal everywhere, is it? I'm pretty sure we could find a space. 
I'm sad. I shall now play like Tansman's awful midi of hurt with a really extended note. It's okay. Just like the jealous ex, um, I'm off to ruin Keaton's day. Um, he doesn't know it yet, but I've, I've put certain things in. My- Hello, uh, diversions. Okay. Um, <laughs> Excellent. What do you What do you tell me? Give me the 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 long version, the lowdown on on uh, Muskem Saul. What is it? We know it's a single map. Um, we're yep. familiar with a couple of the ideas in it, but uh, just sell me the map. Well, the original idea was actually sourced from Nova the Birth. You, you may have played that. It was an interesting little set. A bit, a bit forward, ago. but uh, it, it, was, it was so newbies could get into things. And I think it succeeded on that. But one of the, I think it was map 27, was by Moldy. It was called Seventh Circle. That map was a titan. Like, I absolutely loved it, but the bit about it that I really loved was the library area. And as is probably well documented by now, I do love the uh, using the library textures in Doom, because I have this fascinating, like, it, it, it comes back to what I was saying before about things being clever. Like, you see it in movies, like, like pulling switches and then bookcases, you know, slide away to reveal it, hidden passages. I was always fascinated with that, and the, the ability to just make them in Doom was something I dug a lot. So when I saw Moldy's thing about it, I just suddenly had this moment where I was just thinking, I'm going to make an entire map around this, and nobody is going to stop me. I should probably, like, Mask Zool was completely self-indulgent in that man. I was doing things I wanted for the most part. And I think, I, like, it, it took a while, but it is something I am genuinely happy with. There's also a couple of other, couple of other, uh, inspirations like there's this game on steam called cry of fear it's a little psychological horror thing and i want to screw with people a little hence you know the bits where the scenery rotates around you that sort of thing but uh yeah most of it is just purely self-indulgent right and w- there must have been an element of, of wanting to make something big for a change right after all those small maps there was that yes um like like it was just it was it was it was an exercise i was getting out of my comfort zone i actually uh asked Mechadon for advice because he churns out big maps like it's going out of fashion. I, I still don't know how he does it. Have you have you uh, actually uh, interviewed Mechadon on here? I- we haven't, no. I, I've, I, I fear if I sort of public, publicly announce too many more guests that aren't Sandy Peterson or John Romero, <laughs> I'm going to get a death threat from one of Ethel uh, or someone else. <laughs> I've been put on notice. In fact, I've been put on notice for the best part of two years. So. Yeah. Um, you're kind of my get out of jail free card at this point. <laughs> well, no, in all seriousness, why wouldn't you? Mechadon's like one heaps of I'm getting off track. I am very much getting off track. So, uh, yeah, I, I sourced him for for advice and information, and then I just started going. I've, I've, I've shown, like, I remember showing you the beta and then forgetting that the beta. <laughs> Apologies for that. And it, it was something that I, uh, like, I will admit that in, like, the middle years, I was struggling with making it big, and I was considering asking people for help i asked moldy but uh, at the time he uh he wasn't really mapping big maps and as a matter of fact i don't think i've seen him mapping at all anymore which i think is a shame because he's magnificent you always seem to have a an interest particularly in the horror side of things um i know you were speaking about specific themes with regards to to this but that seems like one constant um, and i'm kind of wondering where that came from because there aren't doom doesn't have a very long-standing tradition of particularly noteworthy things when it comes to horror. I mean, usually you have to start rooting around quite far back uh, to find things like Happy Happy Time Circus 2, for example, or um, maybe Unloved, the original one from 2000, I think it was 8, 2009, slightly later. Um, maybe, yeah. So 
were you sourcing this from from other games or perhaps mm. not games at all but just just an inherent love of i don't know of, of horror and literature or something or in film um i think i was sourcing it from a decent amount of other games uh not so much doom wads because uh i i i i think like i played happy time circus like late last year and that oh. and its sequel <laughs> and i found those quite neat but uh, not a lot of aspects of them made it into the finished product of Masking Zool. Right. I do appreciate that, though. Especially 2. 2 is great, if a bit grindy at times. But I digress. It, it was, it's out of this innate desire that I've gotten over the years to mess with people. Like, in a good way, you know? Just, like, like mess with their preconceived notions of things, make them feel uneasy, and, and yet enthralled in what's happening to them. I just like it's it's more than wanting to make a gameplay experience. I want to make a proper experience. And like as for like what sort of other media would have uh, inspired that, like that that little thing I mentioned earlier, Cry of Fear. That's uh, yes. Like it's it's if I can give you a quick lowdown on that, it's a mod for Half Life Two that ends up being a free game on Steam. And like it's kind of primitive in what it does, and it does devolve into Scream as a fair bit. But it's also got some genuinely unnerving moments that can actually, like, like legitimately, you probably want to keep suicidal people away from them at, at some points because it's probably the most unnerving media I've seen without turning completely into schlock, you know, like just showing you pictures of gore or something like that. It's quite an experience. And while I haven't, like, like I, I haven't, like, played it, played it because, like, I can't handle jump scares, but all the media that I've devoured involves fascinates me so much and i suppose that leaked into some of the stuff i've done like skinny man as you said right uh, there must be you must you must be trying to strike a balance though between uh working within the limitations that you provided for yourself with dhack yep. the fact that most people aren't completely familiar with what dhack's actually capable of mm-hmm. and then that versus using a more advanced engine as you not often want to do to create something that is truly unpredictable. So, I mean, there is, there is an extent to which dehack is knowable and there's only so many things you can do surely that keeps people in the dark as to what you're about to do with them. So if those spinning cubes, for example, um, (laughs) like, like what are they, what are they for? I mean, you could probably narrow it down to a list if you play enough obsidian stuff, but uh, in D decorate, you could, potentially do anything so would it be true to say that your desire to hint upon um what is to some extent familiar with the player base and then tweak that that is inherently more scary than having something that is entirely unknown i think you raise a very good point there it links back to what you were saying about lilith how it it plays with your preconceived notions excuse me i've run out of water (laughs) And, uh, like, I think, like, for example, the shifting room bit, the bit where you press a switch and then things shift 45 degrees. Right. To my knowledge, like, you could probably do something like that in, in Z-Doom, but almost no one has tried doing that sort of thing in Boom or Vanilla. The closest thing I can think of that I probably know of is possibly a one particular secret map in a recent megawad where everything is upside down, but it's constant. And this one particular... Oh, oh upside down. Caesar. I, I don't think... Was it Caesar? Was it Caesar? Oh, well, I mean, he recently did build a tower upside down, which is oh. both familiar and unfamiliar at the same time. Crikey Dickens. Um, I, I don't think it was him. It was, it was for, like, a, a, a boom project, as far as I know. 
Although considering the map itself was really, really dark, it, it did, the, the effect, the design effects didn't quite come across as well as it could have. But uh, the other example was is in Plutonia 2, in map 11. There is, the, like, because I'll admit I haven't played through the entirety of Plutonia 2 yet because it's good. Um, and I generally tend to wander around map 11, you know, with this off. But I remember coming across this one area where it looks like you're going through the same area at different angles. Like, a, like different sort of degrees. And the fact that it's in vanilla is dead impressive. I actually found this after I was making the spit, but uh, it's just, it, it's an example that I think people don't think of in, in their heads. Like they just think, oh, it's a different area. It looks slightly different. And if they see that what it is, they'll just think, oh, neat. It, do, it doesn't shock them in any way. It is, it is still very cool though. I believe it was uh, Gusta who did it. Oh, good. Well, yeah, that's a that's a pretty safe bet. Yeah, I, I I really want to find out more about his stuff. Like, what would he do if he wasn't constrained by anything? Because like, I see some of the stuff that he's done in Kama Sutra, and it for the most part, it never goes beyond being cute, which I think is a shame. Like, because like, if if he worked in more advanced ports, like, I feel like he would make some truly crazy ass things. Not the stuff in Kama Sutra and his stint in Plutonia Two aren't crazy, but I feel like they could be better. But uh, again, I'm getting off track, so apologies for that. No, you're you're here to, to ramble. This is the ramble station. That was ball. You, you ramble almost as much as, as our schedule does. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> so you wanted to talk about the music a little bit, actually. Um, where did that source from? Well, the, the, the current track is actually one by Iris Falling, who really came through for me in like the last couple weeks leading up to the release. He just he just plonked this extremely awesome piece of music down and said, Tada! And I am extremely grateful to him for doing that. I will I will try to hide my my raw envy. We're we're, we're supposed to be in some sort of um musical face-off mode, and I thought that maybe getting a few cheap points in with the Alphonse and 50 tracks would put me ahead of the sweepstakes, <laughs> but I think I think I think the, the track that he's done for this and also for The Given by Dobu Gabu. Um kind of puts him ahead yeah. <laughs> which pisses me yeah. off but it's it's masterfully done he, he has this really remarkable ability um he's the go-to guy i think for anything that's intensely atmospheric and yeah and uh, orchestral sometimes as well yeah i think he probably be has he done ambience before ambience whatever pronounce it i feel like he could do that pretty well uh, too. quite enough yeah half and half i think some of the stuff he's done for revolution um, map 12 i think it's called ionian ionian furnace something like that um, uh, very much up that alley. Yeah. I know you're always on the lookout for stuff like that, and I do think the community should probably, its musicians should focus a little bit more on trying to produce more of that stuff. We're very, we're very melodiously inclined, if I can say that. I think that's probably tied in with the sort of immediacy of the maps that we sometimes make in speed mapping. You know, that, that yeah. might make much sense because I'm talking to you and you tend to also like that sort of ambient stuff. But... Yeah. Um, it is a little wasted on the speed map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I suppose so. We do like the the short, sharp, um, anything that helps sort of pump up the, the memorability aspect of yeah. of the maps we make. Colorful stuff. So either that or we use either that or we use you know gut wrencher. <laughs> I was going to imitate oh. the sound, but I didn't think that the <laughs> I'd only have to edit it out in post production. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I should use butt clincher in a in a map one of these days. It's such a great uh, name. Oh god, that's Jimmy. Jimmy's bloody track, isn't it? That was Jimmy. I think he was talking about how much he hated Gut Ranger, and like 
don't quote me on this, but I'm trying to remember if I came up with the name Butt Clencher. I think I came up with the name Butt Wrencher, and then he turned into Butt I know butt I'm clencher. responsible for flatulence protocol, which turned out to be a pretty <laughs> decent mini, so I should be very proud of that one. Um, also, I don't want to be a punching bag, which, as far as I'm aware, hasn't actually been used anywhere, so I'm a little disappointed in that. Um, yeah. On the plus side, you could sing that to the tune of uh, Monkey Wrench. But... Don't want to be your punching bag. Yeah. I'll, I don't know why I brought that up. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either, but I, I won't be editing that out. As, man, um... <laughs> okay. Oh, dear. A couple of other things I do want to touch on here just before we before we wrap up. I think this has been pretty conclusive. No but um, one of them is difficulty. Uh, and your maps are bloody hard. <laughs> and I want to know where that came from. They're hard in a very specific way, which I think is very well suited to the the horror elements sometimes creeping around corners yeah. you often feel very underpowered because you are underpowered you don't have much bloody yeah. ammunition or what have you and i realize that you sometimes come into conflict with playtesters saying add more shells add more this <laughs> that and the other um it is are you a sucker for that sort of that sort of play i think the problem is that like i'm not actually that great at playing doom and I could probably confidently say that I have not beaten a huge amount of my own maps. It's extremely unprofessional, but just like I think, like like should skill level hinder the type of maps you make? It's it, it's a bit of a thorny question, admittedly. I myself can't I, like I get knocked off the toes. Right, right. Which is uh, like I, I feel like I need like like I either need the perfect playtester or I need someone to someone who has a better grasp of, of the gameplay part of mapping for doom like map 30 for revolution i feel came together really really well i, I still can't beat that but i know that it can be beaten in a somewhat sensible way thanks to dobu's mastery over everything doom i feel like i, I, I need a foil because like most of my stuff is like it's it's gimmicks it's aesthetic but the gameplay is where is my achilles heel i feel like Sometimes I sort of just throw things at the wall. Hmm. I don't think it's a very uncommon problem these days for one reason or another. I think we could just, we could speculate on why it is that so many people these days, even for more conventional, so-called conventional levels, are, um, are making yeah. stuff that even they can't beat. In certain schools, I think it's actually accepted or almost expected. Um, <laughs> like with slaughter mapping, for example, uh, Submit a map, and if you can't max it, this slaughter max I think is, is an ongoing project that I think it has one month left to run for submissions, and I need to submit something for that. But um, <laughs> if you can't submit a max demo for it, someone else will. So it's almost half expected that yeah. you can't beat your own <laughs> beat your own creation. Yeah. So it is accepted in that space. Do you have any theories? As, as you know, I guess this is veering very wide, of course. So this is for an uncharted territory here. Um, no problem. But if do you have any theories as, as to why this is so commonplace these days? Um, perhaps something to do with, you know, the fact that we're all very ideologically bound up in what we want to make in a level. You know, we have so many instructions or inspirations, and so we we identify more with the practice designing levels, and we can tell just through the editor without necessarily testing something the way we place things, the convenience of using the 3D editor, how everything is going to pan out in theory because of how the monsters are placed. But then you play it and you say. On paper, it's it's an excellent idea and it seems to play well, but I still can't beat it. You know, I still die. I'm wondering if this is a disconnect with the uh, the mappers versus the players because uh, mappers, yeah, them. Because I, f- I feel like like we've been mapping 
for this particular game for years and years now. And I'm wondering if there's like some form of like people are thinking that the gameplay isn't what they're there for anymore because it hasn't evolved as much, at least in you know this particular circle, like in Doom World, where we where we're all a bunch of haughty purists. <laughs> I feel like is is there some sort of mental disconnect where the gameplay takes a backseat in favor of expanding on like, on you know appearances or particular set pieces? Is there that sort of thinking going on? Possibly. I mean, I think it's um uh, certainly with me. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not sure it's it's true. You, know, you didn't actually say this, but I part, part of me does actually wonder if if you know the space we're in at the moment is it really distinct from five years ago in the same way that you know mapping in the early noughties was from the late nineties, which is the same breadth of time. I feel like we've. It's probably not true to say that we've uh, sort of cannibalized a position here, and that we're starting to. To sort of design in ways that aren't really uh, sort of expanding uh, so much as they are just really consolidating the position we've held, and, and so we're sticking to uh, these these theories, and we're becoming more intimate with them, and that necessarily results in sort of more ideological mapping that uh, mm. is, is, that fits a paradigm very strongly, and we're happy to sort of live and die in that space. Um, I'm talking a lot of nonsense, to be honest. <laughs> Eh, I'm following. I, I I think I see where you're coming from. Right? Uh, but yeah, it's not something I've, I've put a lot of thought into. But uh, it'd be interesting to when we're you know moving forward in the next two to three to four years to see how the space evolves. I, I always thought that maybe speed mapping was the if you want to use the word zeitgeist again is the kind of spirit of 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 this quote unquote era that we're sitting in, and that immediacy has kind of defined it, and and just being able to produce a map and show that we've made a map. Is more important than you know actually playing the material and realizing that it's too hard. And if it, if it yeah. is too hard, then so what, right? It's just we made it, and yeah. there's ideas in there that we like, and we'll use that for the next thing we create. I, I imagine a lot of the maps I've made for Abyssal in particular are pretty damn unplayable. There was one where I actually used a music track from Cry of Fear and had pictures of gore. Just very, very childish, honestly. Thinking on it, interesting. It well, dark. at least it wasn't yeah. um, Shadow Man with his the, the whole pussy riot nonsense. Oh yeah, that was Inquisitor Two or something. Oh yeah, that's right, Inquisitor Two. Jeez, I I I didn't catch up with that. I'm wondering if it was because it was a GZ Doom. Why don't I? Can't run GZ Doom the greatest on here. Thank you very much for for reaching out to um, attempt this interview for a second time. I think we've done a stand up job, and and as have you. So um, it, was a, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah, that's very good. You occupy a very unique space, I think, in the community, and we're all thankful for your dehacked services I'm hoping, I can, I'm hoping I can welcome a few more people into it days very good and long may the obsession continue yes <laughs> thanks very much thank you very much as well